Thanks for joining us at Warehouse Church. We would love for you to stay connected, and a great way for you to do that is to simply subscribe to this podcast. You can also stay connected throughout the week by checking out our website, warehousechurch.com, or by visiting our Facebook or Instagram pages. From wherever you are listening, we hope that you are encouraged by this week's message. We want to thank you for joining us today at Warehouse Church. It's such an honor and privilege to be with you, to be in your homes, to be on your laptop or your, or your phone or however you're watching today. And we want to welcome all of our folks that are, that are with us today, uh, that are part of our service. We'd like to invite you to come and be a part of our service live when you're ready to do that. We meet on Sundays at 10 o'clock right here in Plano, Texas. You'll see more information uh, at the end. You can get our address, our website, and things like that. We're in this series called Lost, and this is the most compelling part. If you've been following along with me, we've been in Luke chapter 15. Now, I'm going to go out of Luke chapter 15 next week, but I'm still going to stay in theme when we uh, celebrate the next few weeks of, of Father's Day and graduates and things like that. But today I call my message, This Is Us. Some of you have seen that show, This Is Us, about the big three, right? You had the, the, the twins that were born. They, had a, they, they actually were triplets, but one of the triplets passed, and then a, a boy was brought to the hospital, so the doctor arranged for this family to arrange them. It was a multiracial uh, adoption, and we see their whole family dynamics and the whole thing is about their lives and, and all the drama that comes with that. And they go in the past and they go in the future and they do live and, and, and all kinds of things. They kind of show where people were to where they are now and the, and the journey that they took. And I think that's a very appropriate title for this message today because we're going to talk about probably one of the most well-known Bible stories out of the New Testament, the prodigal son. Uh, that, it's such a popular name. If you were to Google the name uh, or that title, The Prodigal Son, you'd get many responses. Some of the responses would talk about the Bible and, and the story of the prodigal son and what's the, what's the application of the theme of the prodigal son. But there's also a TV show called The Prodigal Son about a, about a young man who is a profiler for the police department in New York whose father was a mass murderer and how he is prodigal son because he's not doing what his father was doing. It's, it's kind of a strange thing, but there's lots and lots of things that you could read about the prodigal son if you were to Google that. But we want to talk about the prodigal son, the story in Luke chapter 15 that Jesus told in response to some things that the, that the Pharisees and some of the religious people of that day were saying to him. We, we've been reading Luke chapter 15, verses 1 and 2, it says, Then all the tax collectors and the sinners drew, drew near to him to hear him, and the Pharisees and the scribes complained. Uh, they said, This man receives sinners and eats with them. So he spoke these parables unto them. The first parable was the parable of the lost sheep, about how a shepherd lost one of his 100 sheep, and he made sure his 99 were okay, but he went out and he found that lost sheep. And the Bible says that man rejoiced when he came back with his sheep. And in the same way, all of heaven rejoices when one sinner comes back to the Lord. And then the second story was the story of the lost coin where a lady had 10 silver coins. And we read she lost one of those coins. 
And she turned her house upside down, seeking and seeking and seeking and seeking for that coin. And when she found that coin, all of her neighbors rejoiced with her, probably because they were helping her as well. And then the Bible teaches us, Jesus said an application to that for us, that the, the counsel of God, or the angels of God, are, are rejoice in the same way when, when a sinner comes back to him. When somebody lost comes to him and they repent. And then he tells this third story. It's much longer than the first two stories. They were only about two or three voices, or, or verses, excuse me. And, and really, I'm going to split this story in two. We're going to read the first part of the story this week, the second part of the story next week. It's a pretty long story, and there's a lot of things we could talk about with it. But I'm going to start reading for you today in verse number 11. Then Jesus said, a certain man had two sons, and the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falls to me. So he divided them. He divided to them his livelihood. And not many days after, the younger son gathered everything together, journeyed into a far country, and there wasted his possessions with prodigal living. But when he spent it all, then there arose a severe famine in the land, and he began to be in want. Then he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country, and he sent him into the fields to feed swine. And he would gladly have filled his stomach with the pods that the swine ate, but nobody gave him anything. But he came to himself, and I think that's, very, that's a key verse right there, and we're going to focus on that in a few moments. The Bible says he came to himself, and he said, How many of my father's hired servants have bread enough to spare, and I perish with hunger? I'm going to rise and go to my father, and I'm going to say to him, Father, I've sinned against heaven and before you, and I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Would you please make me like one of, my hired, one of your hired servants? And he went, and he, and he went to his father, but when he was still a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion on him and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. And the son said to him, Father, I've sinned against heaven and in your sight, and I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, bring out the best robe, put it on him, put a ring on his hand, sandals on his feet, and bring the fatted calf here and kill it, but, and let us eat and be merry. For this my son was dead, and he is alive again. He was lost and is found. And the Bible said that they began to be married. Beautiful, beautiful story about a young man who asks his father for his inheritance, goes out. The Bible's very kind about it historically and even in some of the other versions that you read. It talks about he went out and spent his money on alcohol and prostitutes and, and, and just uh, was... He, he, what he did was he found a lot of friends because he had money, and then when his money ran out, he didn't have any friends anymore. And he was so desperate that he went to another farmer that was nearby. He was in a foreign country, asked that guy if he could work for him. He was feeding the pigs, and he was so hungry that he desired to eat the food that he was feeding the pigs. Then the Bible says he came to himself, went, to his, went back home, and we read that beautiful story of reconciliation of when the boy was walking home, the young man was walking home, the father ran out to him, met him on the road, and they had this beautiful reunion together. Uh, this story of the prodigal son, if you read this and, and look at your life, now I'm not, pre I'm not supposing that, that any of us have, have, have had this kind of story in their life where they, where they were really, really extreme and, 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 and some things that they were involved with or sin that they were involved with in their life. But if, if you were to be honest with yourself this morning, and read the story. This story is about us. This is us. This is a story about people that were lost 
and were found, and we were received by a loving Father. But I want to look at this young man specifically today and understand this story, especially by way of personal application today. The first thing we understand about this young man, and boy, this is so true about our lives too. I I know you'll agree with me today. Uh, We read about the consequences of his bad choices. How many of you, listen, don't tell me what they are because I'm not telling you my stuff. How many of you today that are with us and just respond by saying me or amen or okay or giving us some shout out hands. How many of you today would say I have suffered some consequences because of some bad choices that I made in my life? All of us have, and we know that that's true. Uh, He made a choice to separate himself from his father. And when he separated himself from his father, he really was not mature enough to go out and be on his own. Uh, There are, and and a lot of us know people like this, people that have uh, uh, kids, or maybe you were like this yourself when you grew up, where you were very, very mature at a young age, and you, you didn't have... You, you would have done okay, or maybe you did okay when you moved out of your parents' home at a young age. Today, we, we read in, in, in a lot of periodicals and newspapers and online, you know, newspapers online, of course, but we read how this generation of young people is kind of the, the age where students are starting to leave their houses, getting older and older, and now even some students are coming back. They went out on their own, and they're coming back uh, just because it's so expensive to be out on your own today. But there was a principle here about this young man separating. When he separated himself from his father, here's what he did. He left the umbrella of protection of being under his father. When he was with his father, he had food, he had a room, he had uh, the ability to have care, he had responsibilities. Uh, He was under his father's watch care. He was under his father's protection. But he chose to walk away from that. He wanted to do things his own way. Uh, and, and, and the Bible tells us he asked his father for his inheritance. So he was actually asking his father for something he didn't earn. His father earned it and was probably going to leave it to him. Or the boy knew that he was going to leave it to him, maybe when his father died or when he got older. But he said, I don't want to wait for it. I want what's coming to me now. He left that place of protection. And when he left that place of protection, it started out, with a series of bad decisions that he made in his life. And I'm reading this, and I'm going to tell you, there's probably no Bible story that I read that's so personal to me because a lot of these things happened in my life, as I'm sure you would attest, that probably happened in your life to a certain degree as well. But he started down a pathway. It was like a domino effect of bad decisions. I'm leaving my dad. I want my inheritance. He went out and, and riotous living, drinking and prostitutes and and, and probably buying drinks for other people and, 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 and doing all these things to keep people close to him. But he learned quickly when the money ran out, the friends ran out. And all that sin, all that sin that, that he was involved with, with the drinking and the, and the, and, and the girls and, and all these different things that he was doing, he learned that that was very short-term satisfaction. It came with a lot of guilt. Boy, sin only satisfies for a short season but the consequences after last us a long time, don't they? So we see the consequences of his bad choices. Maybe you today are dealing with some consequences of bad choices that you made. Uh, we bought a car a couple years ago, and we're getting ready to sell it. We've had this car for a few years, and, and I'm really glad we're selling this car because not only, have, not only have we been paying on this car for a few years, but we've had some trouble with this car. 
And when I look at this car, I'm kind of like, I don't know if that was a good decision or not, you know? And we paid for that decision that we've made. And all of us have decisions that we've made in our life that we have consequences. Now, there's some good consequences. Maybe like, like Kim and I, we had four children, and the consequence of that decision 20, 30 years later is we have four beautiful daughters and grandkids and great son-in-laws and, and, and a very full, full life that God has really blessed us with. Those are good things. But, you know, when we make bad decisions, there's also negative consequences we deal with as well. And this young man, the Bible says, and I just, I can't get over this, this, this moment that he had in verse number 17 when the Bible says he came to himself. You see, not only did he suffer the consequences of, bad, of his bad decisions, but the second thing is we read about the conviction of his return. What made him go back to his dad? What made him say, I can't do this anymore? He returned to his father. He had his aha moment, if you will. And he knew that he not only let himself down, but he also knew because he says, I gotta go back to my father and I've gotta tell my father I've sinned against him and I've sinned against heaven. Would you take me back as one of your hired servants? Not only did he say that to himself, that's exactly what he said when he returned back to his father. He said, Father, I've sinned against you. I've sinned against heaven. I just need a place where I can eat and I can survive. Please just make me one of your hired servants. He had conviction in his life which caused him to return. He hit a wall. Sometimes desperation causes us to hit a wall. Uh, This young man was starving, no place, no shelter, absolutely hopeless, and the only thing he knew to do was to go back to his father. What, what was your aha moment in your life that caused you to believe and understand that you needed to ask God forgiveness of your sins and invite Jesus Christ to be your personal savior? We face aha moments with different things. We face aha moments with our health. We face aha moments with our finances. We face aha moments with our relationships. And and, and we look at some things and we look at bad decisions that we make and, and how we need to make them right again. And I, I just love this, the way that the word of God puts this verse. The Bible says he came to himself, which, which makes me believe he went back in, in his mind and in his spirit to where he was before. I'm not doing the right thing. This is foolishness. I've got to go back to my father. And because I've sinned against my father, I'm going to repent and I'm going to ask him to be one of his servants. He was convicted. And listen, conviction is such a great tool. We get, I, I understand that a, a lot of times in our life when we sin, maybe we feel that God is up in heaven really, really mad at us all the time because we feel this, this achy feeling inside of our heart, inside of our spirit when we've done something wrong and we know we need to make it right. But sometimes we look at making things right as, as, as a complicated thing. Well, it's, it's more than, I, ca- I can't just say I'm sorry I have to do this. Or I can't, it, it's more than just going back to that person and apologize. There's a lot of different dynamics. The same as it was for this young man. He knew he had to go to his father, and he didn't go back to his father asking for a place of sonship again. He went asking for a place to be a servant. But we read about his conversion, the conversion that took place in his life. Because he was justified by his father. What did his father do? He welcomed him home with both arms. Sure, his father was mad at him. Sure, his father was disappointed at him for a season because he had messed up. 
But the joy in his father's heart, when the father saw that young man coming towards him, the brokenness in his face, he had to see that he was dirty and smelly and maybe even beat up a little bit. All those, he wasn't happy at the state he was in. He was happy that he was coming back home with a repentant heart. And his father welcomed him home. And he gave, he, the, these, these gifts that he gave him were very symbolic. The Bible says that, that he asked for a ring to be put on his finger because that ring is a ring of family identification. You are now 100% fully, full-righted, fully vested, my son, and you're wearing the family crest. And that was a big, big statement, not only to all of the servants of this rich father, but also to his brother that we're going to talk about next week. The ring was a sign of family identification. The robe that the, that the father gave him, he said, put my robe on him. That was a sign of family protection, of family covering. You are now under the protection or under the covering of my entire household. Now my servants are going to serve you again. And the calf that they killed so that they could have a, a big feast that night was a sign of provision and celebration because he, did this, because he said this, this my son who was lost is now found. Bring the fatted calf. We're going to have a big party. He's been worrying and worrying and praying for and concerned about and his son came home. So how do we look at this story in our own life and make application for us? Well, the first thing I believe that we corporately, we as a church, we must be a church that welcomes people with open arms. We have to be. We have to be a church that accepts people, red, yellow, black, or white, whatever kind of sin that you perceive that they're involved with, however messy you may think. Because here's the truth of the matter. If we would have somebody come into our church that would outwardly show the signs of being a prodigal son, if you will, and all of the outward signs of living a, riot, a riotous life or or or, or or uh, a life where they're addicted or, or any of these kind of things that we understand that took place in the word of God here, that outward expression of their sin is no different than the inward expression of the sin that's in our own life. And the Bible compels us, church, we have been commanded to love God and love one another. And we've got to be like that father who received his son with open arms. People never need to come to our church and feel judged. We don't need people to come and get cleaned up before they come because we believe when they meet God, he's gonna do a work in their life that his Holy Spirit is gonna guide them to do that we can't do. Our responsibility is to love them. Put them under the protection of the house. Identify with them and make them feel loved and accepted. Listen, not because of the choices. We're not loving and accepting people because of choices they make. We're loving and accepting people because we want them to make a choice to make Jesus Christ the Lord and Savior of their life. But here's the other thing we have to understand. Not only the application for us, which, which teaches us that we need to be a church and a people that welcomes all with open arms, but very, very personally, an application for us today would be are you under the protection of God the Father in your life today? Are you connected to, are you part of, are you submitted to your local church today? There is a protection that comes with that in your life that's spiritual. And God wants you to be under the protection 
of his work, of his church, of his holy church that he separated to have this place where we could come and worship him, where we could serve God with other believers, where we could have mutual accountability, where we could pray for one another, where we can rally together and do great things for his cause. Are you under the protection of the house, under the protection of God the Father through your church today? Secondly, do you identify with him? Have you made a personal decision to be a follower of Jesus Christ? Have you, like that prodigal son, as it said in verse number 17, came to yourself and said, I can't do this by myself anymore. I need help. I need God. I need forgiveness. I need significance and purpose in my life through Jesus Christ. Will you let him cleanse you from the stench that's in the world? That young man came home. His father got him a hot bath, cleaned him up, put a ring, wrapped him up in the clothes of his protection, stood there and identified with him and proclaimed, my son was lost and now he's found and we're going to have a party because of it. Jesus told us two different times and now the third time in this passage when one person who was lost comes to God he said all of heaven rejoices he said the counsel of God rejoices and he said heaven has a celebration when you and I come to ourself and we submit ourselves to God and we come to the Father and, and, and we ask Christ to forgive us of our sins and invite him to be the Lord and Savior of our life. If you don't know him as your personal Savior today, would you come to yourself? Would you ask God to forgive you and invite Jesus into your life to be your Lord and Savior? He came to this earth and he died a very cruel death. And he did that because greater love has no man than this and a man laid down his life for his friends. He took my penalty. He took your penalty of sin. When we were born, we were separated from God because we were born with something called a sinful nature. And we needed from the day we were born to have those sins forgiven. And Jesus, the Bible says, laid his life down for us so that we could have that moment and say, I can't do this anymore and come to the Father. Would you come to the Father today? Can I ask you to bow with me in prayer? Today, Father, I wanna thank you for your word. Thank you for this great story of the prodigal son, Lord. I, I probably identify with this story in your, in your scriptures more than just about any other story because I feel like that, that, I was, that I stepped out of your protection for a while as a young, young man, and when I came back, Lord, I, I know that you welcome, even though I was... I fought it and, and, and I waited and, and I, just, I, I just didn't really want to do it at first in my flesh because I was so fearful. But I know that the day, the day when I was 23 years old, when I came to you, 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 came, you opened your arms up to me. You forgave me. You identified with me as your son. We celebrated, Lord, and you've allowed me to, to, to be serving you uh, my whole life since that day. And, and Lord, I, I'm Lord, you know my heart. I'm not lifting myself up. I'm, I'm lifting you up for the work that you did in my life. And maybe there's somebody with us today, Father, that's never prayed and asked Jesus to come into their life and had their aha moment where they've come to themselves and realized that they need more. They need you. And if that's you today and you need Christ as your personal Savior, you can pray. The Bible says whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. 
If you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart the Lord Jesus, the Bible says you will be saved. So if you know today that you need to be saved, would you just pray with me right here, right where you're sitting, whatever you're doing today, just bow your head for a moment and talk to the Lord and say this to him. Say, dear Father in heaven, he's listening, say that to him. Dear Father in heaven, I know I'm a sinner. I've done wrong. I feel like the prodigal son. Would you please forgive me of all of my sin? I believe in Jesus, and I believe that he died to forgive me of that sin. Would you come into my life and save me and help me to live for you? I thank you that you're alive today, and I'm thankful that today, now, I have eternal life. Help me to live for you. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. If you prayed with me today, could I ask you a personal favor? Would you send me an email to pastor at warehousechurch.com, pastor at warehousechurch.com, and I will respond to you and celebrate with you the great decision you made today to be a follower of Jesus Christ. And again, I want to personally invite you to be part of our live services at Warehouse Church on Sunday mornings at 10 o'clock, 600 Data Drive, Plano, Texas. We're right across the street from a Lincoln car dealership, and we would sure love for you to meet our church family and be part of the great things that are happening here at Warehouse Church. I want to thank you for joining us today. I want to thank you for studying the scripture with us today. And I, I, I want to encourage you to just hang on for another minute or so and hear about some great things that are happening right here at Warehouse Church. God bless you and have a great day.